coming straight to you from my basement bunker in Booty, Illinois. This is Jim Clash or Rank. How y'all doing? This is your boy Josh. Big, big day today. Big episode. This will be my magnum opus. I might just hang it up, drop the mic after this episode because I've been waiting my whole life to do this. I have three dates I regard as the high points of my life, the pinnacle moments. January 11th, 2006, the day I married my wife, May 1st, 2015, the day my son was born, and today, December 22nd, 2019, the day I get to do a podcast episode about MC Kids. Come on. If you haven't played it, you need to play it. If you have played it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We are in gym mode today. We are in super gym mode today talking about this one. First and foremost, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my friend, my brother, Jared. This one's for you, buddy. I've always loved this game and this game's always stuck with me over the years and uh, I was talking to him about it one day my good friend Jared and uh, he said no way I love that game and then I knew I knew that uh, it was really something special cause if he likes it it's it's a pretty obscure title and he knew exactly what I was talking about when I said MC Kids before I get ahead of myself which I'm probably going to do a lot on this episode let's get to a tiny tiny little bit of prologue the only other thing I played other than the subject of today's cast is a little ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, Ultimate Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghosts and Goblins, Interchangeable, what is it, come on, pick a name, on the PlayStation Portable. I really wanted to play something on a, on a portable, and the PSP screen is so beautiful, just sharp, crystal clear screen, I love the PSP screen. I love that machine. It's just classy, well-built machine. I wanted to play a little something on there, so played a little bit of that. Great game, super difficult. Can't can't get too far. The uh, playing it in a not easy mode. Got gotta have. I can't play in easy mode. I just can't do it. I probably should because. I could probably get a lot more played and get further in games, but I just can't do it. I gotta, I gotta have that challenge. Other than that, 
the only thing I've been playing this whole week is the subject of today's show. We are in gym mode, and this is MC Kids for the Nintendo Entertainment System. You either hate it or you love it. And I love, 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 love it. Love this game. Game was released in 1991, a little later in the NES life cycle. It is based on the McDonald's franchise. It has the licensed McDonald's characters in it. So I would think that it would be called Mick Kids. And I've heard it called Mick Kids, MC Kids. A lot of confusion. It should be called Mick Kids. On the top label of the NES cartridge, it's M.C.Kids. But on the front, it's M.C.Kids. There's no second dot. And since McDonald's isn't MC Donald's, you just think it was McKids. But in the instruction booklet, it clearly states it is pronounced MC Kids. It even spells it out E M C E E, MC Kids. So, the story of MC Kids. Nothing too deep here. The main characters that you play as. Two kids, Mick and Mac, are uh, just hanging out in their tent, and Ronald McDonald comes along. He's upset. Hamburglar stole his magic bag, and he needs to get it back. So he employs the help of Mick and Mac to help him get that bag back. Ronald's got to get his bag so, another ridiculous Nintendo Entertainment System game story. Fantastic. That's about it as far as the story goes. You play through six worlds, overhead maps, and uh, then you're, you're at the end. You fight the Hamburglar and the, the Magic... I think you actually fight the bag. I didn't get to the end of the game. I'll get more into that in a little bit. I have beaten this game many times. And that's it. So why is MC Kids a gem? It's all about the gameplay. This game is so insanely creative and so much fun it just puts me in a trance I have extremely limited playtime and I used all of it this week playing this game and it's you start on a world map and you there's approximately six levels in each world 
It's like an overhead map like Super Mario Brothers 3. The game has a lot of similarities to Super Mario Brothers 3 in, in that regard. The way the game's set up. But the game doesn't just want you to beat each level, proceed, beat a level, proceed. The game is all about cards. So in each level, there's one, sometimes more than one, of these cards. And they're red squares with the little McDonald's arch on it. And you can't progress through the game until you get these specific cards. So the cool thing about it is, is that even right from the get-go in the first world, you can get a card and a level for a totally separate world within the levels of the world you're in. So if you're in Ronald McDonald's world, the first world, and you're on a level, you could find a card that will help you unlock a different world. And it's such a great design. It just is captivating. You, you gotta, it's about exploration. It's not just about platforming and, and beating a level and moving on. Which the game is just a platforming game. But it's so much more than that. There's the way the the world maps are set up for instance world map 3 which is Grimace's world you beat the first four worlds then you go back each character's house is in the world you're in so you beat levels you get cards then you go back to that character's house and they will unlock a route for you to the next stage or like in the case of Grimace's world you get four cards he will unlock a route to get to the last two levels of his world that were previously unreachable and then you go to those two stages get the rest of the cards for Grimace's world and totally unlock his world to get to the next world the professor's world map such fantastic design criminally underrated design in this game the worlds first you start in Ronald's world which is pretty basic then you go to Birdie's world which is cloud levels so much fun your, your character can go through different parts of the clouds, unlock secrets, go up in the clouds, go beneath the clouds, into the clouds. Just total fun, nonstop, just looking for secrets. The game's all about searching, exploring, looking for secrets. World three, Grimace's level is a cliff stage like a highland stage, lots of cliffs. You get down by the the cliff side and there's a lot of water. You gotta ride in a little boat. So much fun. 
trying to figure out where the cards are. Next stage, the professor's workshop. There's a, some stages in here where you dig. You dig through squares of dirt, find your way through the levels. Again, a new mechanic introduced in each each world that is fantastic. Every single world is throwing something new, level to level, throwing something new, exciting, and fun at you. And it just keeps you going. Next world. Cosmic. C-O-S-M-C is his name. Cosmic. An older character that I don't believe was around for very long. It's his world. World 5, which is the moon level. You're on the moon. You're getting a moon jump. Now this game already has fantastic control. You get three different types of jumps. You get a regular jump. If you push down and then release down and jump, you get a mid-level jump. If you run and accelerate and jump, you get an even higher jump. Three different levels of jump. Who does that? So much attention to detail in this game. Little nuances, little things that just make it endlessly enjoyable. The physics of the game are great. Not much as far as battling the enemies in this game. The enemies are ve extremely varied and have a lot of different attack patterns. Your only defense for the enemies is throwing blocks. There's no, no jumping on the enemies' heads. So, World 5. I'm all over the place on this one. Ooh, such a... I told you, this is my... This is my episode right here. This, this is basically why I started the podcast. To raise awareness about this game. What a game. World 5. The moon level. You get the moon jump. Awesome. You already had a nice... The game has a nice high jump too. Just your regular jumps even a nice high jump. You get on the moon. Oh so much fun you're flying all over the place in total control platforming levels going a lot of verticality in this game climbing up 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 it's not only side to side you're looking all over the place the upper corners of the screen you get to the last level it's like a volcano level it is hard 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 and Got a lot of fire elements in that level. Everything's red. A lot of lava and stuff. Again, whole new, whole new world there. Whole different experience. There's also, and I did not even know this until this playthrough. You find the sixth card to the very first world, Ronald's World, you find the sixth card in the third world, Grimace's World. So no matter how you search, how much you search in that first world, 
you're only going to find five of the six cards. And the cards are shown on an image of that level's mascot up in the up on the top of the screen. Their face is up there and they got has six tiles over their face. So you'll only get five of those cards. The sixth card isn't in the first world. You have to get all the way to Grimace's world, the third world. Jump off the edge of the screen, find a secret that gives you the sixth card to the first world in the third world. Who does that? Just so much fun. You go back to the first world, and like I said, I did not even know this. I knew nothing about this until this playthrough. You go back to Ron's house, give him the sixth card. But when you do that, the game knows that you know what you're doing, that you're really exploring, you're really getting into the game, and it rewards you. There's a secret world called Puzzle Land that's just three super challenging, fun levels that you can only get to by first getting that card and going back to the first world. And then in each of the six worlds, there's a secret card. It just says secret card. Usually it will say you got a card for Professor's Workshop. You got a card for Ronald's Clubhouse. It just says secret card. When you get each of those six cards, you go back to the first world and it unlocks it and lets you play those bonus levels. I've never played them. I didn't know they existed. I cannot wait to play these levels. I, like I said, I played this game all week. And I am only to stage four. I'm to the professor's workshop. That is because, for one thing, I have extremely limited playtime. Playing this on the NES, there's no password. There's no save. You just gotta do it. And a game like this that requires a lot of exploration takes a lot of time unless you have it memorized. And I just don't have that time. So I had to switch from my original hardware to playing the Raspberry Pi with save states. There's no way I could get anywhere in this game what I have going on in my life and the time I have to dedicate it without using save states. So for, that took me a couple of days just to, to figure that out. I hate not using original hardware but there's nothing I can do about it. I gotta I gotta get these these games played, I gotta get it done and I need save states. It It would be a physical impossibility for me to get anywhere in this game without save states. And secondly, like I said, the, the exploration, the, the depth of this game, once you get into it, you're just replaying levels over and over, and it's rewarding. You're looking all over the place. World 3, I really got stuck in searching for some cards and some levels, just going all over the place looking for these things. And I'm a I'm a natural player. I'm a kind of a purist in a lot of ways. 
I won't watch somebody else play through a game. That's my experience. I, I won't watch that. I want to experience that organically by playing the game myself. I can't do it. <laughs> so, earlier in this week, it's going through my mind. This game's so vast, I'm never going to get through this. Maybe I should just do a watch a playthrough so I can know exactly what I'm talking about, experience everything, and be able to do a proper show today. But no, I'm not doing that. So the furthest I got was was level four. So design of this game, the design is the essence of this game. There's also collectibles in each level. There's McDonald's arches. You get instead of say coins in Super Mario Brothers. The arches are a fantastic collectible. So fun to run around and get these golden arches. There's just something about it. Just the right place, right time when they designed this game and put little golden arches in it. It's McDonald's. It's it's little golden arches. It's so fun. Even more attention to detail. When you get a hundred golden arches, what happens? You get an extra life. No. MC Kid says no. We're not doing that. We're going the extra mile. You get a hundred arches. The number on the status bar in the upper left hand corner of the screen where the number of arches you have currently is starts flashing. And what does that mean? If you complete the level while that number is flashing, if you don't complete the level, you lose your opportunity. If you do go ahead and press on finish the level while that number is flashing, you get a bonus game. It's a it's a real simple bonus game, but I could play this bonus game continuously for the rest of my life. There's four boxes little on little sliding levers on the screen. And you have to jump on the box when an up arrow appears on it. So you're standing on a platform. You see the up arrow on one of these four boxes appear. You jump on it. You'd land on the box and it goes just a tiny bit up. Then one of the four boxes will have an up arrow on it again. It could be the box you're standing on. could be one of the other boxes. You have to jump and be on the right box when, that, when the up arrow appears. And it only appears momentarily. So you got to jump to the up arrow. If you're on the wrong box, a down arrow will, will appear and it will go down. So you're very simple game, but you're constantly fighting. You only have a split second to jump to the right box and make it go up. And you have to get it to go up like about eight or ten times to get all the way to the top where you can jump and receive the bonus from the bonus room. You also could easily not land on the box, and when you fall down, the bonus level is over. But 
you have to get all of them to go up at the same rate. So you're jumping from box to box to box, split second decisions, and it's a lot of fun. Fun. The game's about fun. Everything in the game's fun. We're playing video games to have fun. And that's what this game is. Pure fun. You get to the top. There's two separate doors you can take. And the doors to bonus areas in this game are like the zippers on the front of a tent. You just see a zipper. It's not a door. Another little detail in this game something else they gave it they didn't have to give it that they could easily put a square door on there you go through the door and that's it no it's a zipper you stand in front of it you push the B button it does this animation where this giant zipper zips up your character goes in and zips down that animation is so satisfying cute enjoyable uh, it's just non-stop with this game you go into the into that room after you raise the boxes up you go through the bonus door and there's five one-ups in the room and one-ups in this game are boxes and you don't just hit them like you do in Mario Brothers you have to be on top of them press the B button and pull them up like you're picking up a block or you can hit them from the side, push the B button, and it will let your character absorb them, and you get the one up. So there's many different arrangements of the five one-ups in these rooms, and the way they arrange them is like a bonus game in and of itself for you to try to figure out real quick, all right, how am I going to possibly... Because the only things in this room are the one-ups themselves which can be used as platforms so you get the higher ones you fall you can get the lower ones a lot of thought went into the placement of those one-ups and even throughout the regular levels in the games where there's one-ups very very creative placement of the one-ups and how you get them Another thing about the design of this game is you can play upside down. Your character can turn upside down and it adds a whole new dimension. You're playing through the level upside down to reach things that are placed throughout the level that you can't get when you're right side up. Unbelievable! and it works seamlessly you can fall up and your character will die when he falls up into the sky just like if you were falling down to turn upside down you run on a platform and at the edge of a plat certain platforms there's a little spindle when you hit the spindle zoop, your character runs underneath the platform you're on and you're upside down. Unreal being the design is insane. You're playing upside down. There's secrets everywhere. That's it's just it's the essence of what Nintendo platforming is about. 
condensed into a single experience there's they're called reverser blocks in certain stages when you bump into one of these blocks your character spins and flies back to the beginning of the stage it's a really cool animation too how your character spins and it makes this noise and you just fly across the screen all the way back but in certain stages you need to hit these blocks fly all the way back to the beginning of the stage to reach certain platforms the the effort it must have taken to design all these different elements at one time and to make them work is astonishing a lot of other games can't do a fraction of what this game does correctly and it handles all this stuff at the same time and gets it done the graphics in the game are cheerful colorful fine fine graphics in the game for what it is the enemies are like I said, they're they're funny. They they have a lot of different attack patterns. I love in stage three. There's a little moose enemy that lowers its head and tries to ram you with its antlers. So funny. So much. So many fun little animations in this game. But where it really lies is the design and finding the cards in this game. The music in the game, great music in the game. The music has this fluttery, I, I haven't heard it in any other NES games. It's this trill, trill sound throughout like, every song has this like instrument effect that's put on there really gives the music its own distinct char character in this one music is great not a ton of different tracks there's four different tracks level tracks that uh, play throughout the game on different levels but all four of them are fantastic there's world map music there's different music in the bonus stages so there is quite a diversity in the music and the music's great music's great graphics great challenge it's not too challenging but when you start needing to explore to find these cards in later levels you're gonna start running into some deaths because it, it finding the card is where the challenge is finishing the level can be extremely easy there's some levels you can finish in like five seconds you can just go to the right hit the finish line boom levels over finding the cards is where the rubber meets the road that's where you're gonna start dying so really need to utilize the the bonuses in this game try to get the usually I can only get four of the five extra lives in the bonus room sometimes only three because 
a lot of them I don't even understand how you could get the fifth one up I guess that comes with a little more experience but one-ups start getting more scarce and when you get to the to the last world it gets that difficulty ramps up you uh, you don't continue right where you die you start at the beginning of that world though and there's there's no continue for your the level you're on so it doesn't matter what level you're on in the world one through six you could be on level five if you die you stay in that world all the other worlds remain beaten but you gotta rebeat that world again your hit gauge is four hearts four heart containers it always bothers me you start out the level with only three of the four heart containers for some reason I don't know why that is you can't get extra health in the game it's just hits you can take but it's not a not a one-hit kill you you can still take some hits to finish a level there is it looks like a a clothesline it's just two poles with a line between them a straight line and there's a spinning golden arch going from the right to the left and then back and forth and you need to jump on this golden arch and you gotta hit the golden arch itself not just the line if you hit the line the stage will finish and everything's fine but hitting the golden arch gives you a bonus I never understood what this finish line was all about and even reading the instruction booklet I still do not know what this finish line is all about it places you on the right side of the finish line in a lot of areas and I always wondered what is the big deal why does this game keep giving me a secret path to get on the right side of this line well apparently you're supposed to jump on this golden arch when it's furthest to the right on this line and you can tell when you hit the golden arch it starts spinning and flies through the air if you don't hit it it disappears and you can only do this once on each level if you revisit the level after you've already finished it's just a solid arch going back and forth it's not a spinning golden one very unusual and cryptic the manual for this says about the ending line it refers to it as the ending line when Mick and Mac have finished a level, there will be a tightrope with a spinning golden arch going back and forth across it. For extra bonuses to be used at the end of the game, when you jump over the line, land on the golden arch. The farther to the right you land, the bigger your bonus will be. If you jump far enough to the right and land on the spinning arch, you'll receive a magic brick to be used in the final stage of your quest remember 
only a true ending line has a traveling golden arch that spins. Still cryptic. So it gives you a magic brick to use in the, I don't know if it's referring to the last world of the game, the last level, when you fight the end boss. I don't know what that thing's about. I thought it was like a, and it gave you arches or something like that. I never really even paid attention to it, but it's still fun to do. It's still fun to jump on the golden arch. I don't know what it does, but. MC Kids, does this game have a weak point? Story? I don't know. Almost all NES games are just about saving something at the end of the game. A princess, a, a what have you, an object, saving the world. It's all about saving something. The graphics and design definitely are a weak point. Atmosphere. It's just cheery and non-stop fun. The music's great. Challenge is good. Searching for the cards can get very challenging. Ending. Basic ending. It gives you a bonus though. It gives you incentive in each world to be searching around doing the best you can to get to that puzzle land which I've never been to. I can't wait to get there and see what those are about. It's supposed to be like in Super Mario World when you get to the the bonus stages after Star Road and they're just just super fun challenging stages that's what I assume they're they are but MC Kids where would I put MC Kids? MC Kids is one of the best games on the NES MC Kids let's see what franchises were born on the NES the greatest franchises in video game history is what we're talking about we're talking about you know what we're talking about you know who we're talking about Super Mario Brothers The Legend of Zelda Mega Man Castlevania Contra Ninja Gaiden you could go on forever. Final Fantasy. Dragon Warrior. The list is endless. MC Kids is without a doubt a top 50 NES game. I haven't hashed out in my head the placement of everything. And how I would place things, but MC Kids is probably a top 10 NES game. There's no doubt about it, it is a top 10 platforming game on the NES. This game is a joy. It's just, you don't want to sit it down, it's so much fun. 
if you like Nintendo games, if you like platforming, MC Kids is for you. It's like Super Mario Brothers 3, one of the best games ever for any system ever made. Super Mario Brothers 3 crossed with Metroid. You're you got the overhead map and it's a platformer, but it's all about exploration and unlocking paths. That you reach a certain point where you can't advance until you find the right cards and you gotta research the levels. Beautifully, lovingly crafted levels that reward you with fun. I reached the level I'm on right now is stage four or world four level two in the professor's workshop you're digging you gotta dig all these paths and you dig out little squares of dirt like in super mario brothers 2 and you get to a point where you gotta you reach this bonus area there's a, a dotted line where you have to put this certain block and that makes that block solid and gives you the ability to use it as a platform jump up to a higher level so you're kind of traversing the top of the level then you get to a point where you dig through some dirt to go down but you can see that there's one of those spindles that allows you to go upside down up on a, a higher platform so you have to dig down in a way to where you leave certain pieces of dirt to become platforms themselves. Then you go back up, you run, you spin, you get upside down, you jump up, use the dirt as platforms, and you get inside this cave type area where you're you can reach things you couldn't reach normally if you were right side up you get you get the card that way you can get some one-ups you jump on these trampoline type things that make you boing jump way up in the air there's larger trampolines if you use a block and jump on them you'll go even further you'll go like the whole up and down length of the stage the height of the stage I should say the reversers that make you go back playing upside down platforms invisible blocks secrets this game has got it all one of the best games ever made one of the best games on the NES I'm not referring to a game as a Metroidvania anymore that's an MC Kidsvania to me. This game needs lavish praise put upon it. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to do that today. MC Kids. Nonstop. Coming at you. Fun, fun, fun. Fantastic. A true gem. And with that, we get to our bonus content. It's a couple days before Christmas. Christmas to a video gamer, a lot of times, is 
remembered by what types of games we got when, what made a mark on us. I just like to share a couple of my more favorite moments I've had on Christmas with video games. It's confusing to tell what was a birthday and what I got for Christmas now that I'm a lot older, but a couple distinct memories stand out to me. My mom getting us, mom and dad, sorry dad, getting us our original Nintendo and just ending my life with that thing. Never the same, still not the same. Just entered a new world that day. Entered a new world. Me and my sister playing Super Mario Brothers, our packing game on a black and white TV. And as soon as we hooked it up and started playing, I never stopped. I never stopped. <laughs> I've slowed down a lot, but I never stopped. So, so thank you, Mom and Dad, for giving me that gift. Because I'm still going. And uh, you didn't just give me the love you gave me as a Mom and Dad. You gave me the love I still have for video games. Another thing that stands out to me is my aunt my dad's sister got me a copy of Bart versus the Space Mutants one of my favorite games not a good game rich with Simpsons references and can be enjoyed if you're a Simpsons fan but definitely an, an odd duck an odd game right there Bart versus the Space Mutants. I remember it plain as day, opening that thing up at her coffee table. I was down on the floor. They were all sitting around. I can still see it in my mind right now. Opening that package and seeing Bart versus the Space Mutants and being so excited that I got that game. And I drive. She's passed away. I drive past the house that she lived in every day from work, where I work at right now. And every time I drive past, I think about how much I love my aunt, and I think about all the good times we had in that house, and I think about when I opened up Part versus the Space Mutants. One of the best memories of my life happened right in this house. Christmas is a magical time. A lot of magical memories. Trying to provide those now for my own child. And hopefully I'm doing that. Hopefully I can share with him the, the same types of memories I had on, on Christmas. So a couple my fondest memories there still got the box to my 
original Nintendo Entertainment System and the Nintendo Entertainment System itself in the box because my mom keeps everything. I always kept the, the system itself. Still works. Still working to this day. Astonishing. <laughs> I keep it in the box, though. That's special to me. So, that'll be the show for today. I would sincerely like to thank you for joining me today. Go play MC Kids. Go play it. Get into it. It's not just a straight platforming game. You gotta get into it. You gotta get into it deep. And once you do, you will be rewarded. MC Kids. Go do it. I would love it if you would follow me on Twitter at Jim Clasher Rank. Please send me some emails, some correspondence at Jim Clash or Rank at Gmail or feedback at JimClasherRank.com. Anybody can tell me with that golden arch clothesline at the end of the MC Kids levels does, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm also on Patreon at Jim Clash of Rank. Come check me out there. Thanks again for tuning in this week. I hope you have a merry, merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Peace out. Game on. Talk to y'all later. Mm -hmm.